party people! Welcome back to the Kombini Pop Anime Podcast. I am your half-human, half-dog, feral boyfriend, Leah. And I am still your exhausted student who is really too old for this bullshit, Katarina. Damn. <laughs> That's how I feel like she feels all the time. I feel like she's going through it all the time, you know? Man, I'm 15. I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> This is part two, Electric Boogaloo, of our deep dive into Inuyasha, and we are joined today by a special guest, my lovely friend, Valerie. Hello, hello. (laughs) I've made mention to her before in past episodes. She is the very big JoJo fan that I referenced in the JoJo episode. I am honored to have been mentioned. Yeah, you were mentioned. Did you approve of the JoJo episode? Uh, I think I listened to part one and part two of the JoJo's episode. To be fair, it has been quite a bit since you guys have been back. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) So I I will have to go back and refresh my memory. (laughs) Well... Valerie was present for part one of this discussion, but for those of you who weren't, part one of our Inuyasha series focused on the creator Rimiko Takahashi and the historical and mythological influences on the show's lore. And now Pat's part two, Pat, God, part two, is more relaxed, and we're just going to talk about the show itself and why it's amazing! You know, where we shoot the shit and, and just talk for, you know, good... 45 minutes or so where I make all of you froth at the mouth with my quote-unquote bad opinions. Yeah, Valerie and I are going to gang up on you. I'm happy. (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) Oh my god, and we should be on Spotify by now. Yeah, we are. That makes this next part even more important. If you're new here, we are Kombini Pop, your anime quick stop. Kombini Pop is an anime and manga review podcast where... I know too much about anime. And I think Sashomaru's fluff is just an interesting fashion statement. You know. It's not. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? (laughs) And I, Leah, explain Japanese culture and seek to explore the thematic elements of the shows and books we read to Katarina in an effort to make her a weeaboo. Not gonna happen. That's fine. Let's talk about some Japanese cartoons. So, when we left off, we finished discussing the ways Rumiko Takahashi utilized existing and modified Japanese mythos to influence the creation of key characters and plot devices, like the Shikon Jewel. And I think it's time now to just roast Katarina and have her tell us (laughs) her thoughts and feelings. So I guess first, so that all the listeners know, what part of the series did you watch? Okay, so I was told that 95% of the show is filler because uh, somewhere along the line they ran out of manga or I I, I don't remember the exact reason, but that I could stop watching after season two and then once I had finished season two, I could go to final act, which finishes where the the manga picks up again. Um, So that's what I saw. You kind of touched upon why I made you do that. For everyone who's listening that doesn't know, Inuyasha was animated during a time where animation studios like Sunrise, who worked on the show, were creating shows based on uh, popular manga series as they were being developed in Japan. 
As a result, many shows suffered from diverting from the source material after two or three seasons in. In the beginning, Inuyasha is almost panel for panel a recreation of the manga, I'm sure Valerie would agree. But as the source material runs out, Sunrise diverts slowly from that central part and implants a lot of needless filler and distracts from the goal of the story. And as a result of that, Inuyasha the anime never got an ending. Oops. I saved you that pain and hassle. Thank you. Did, you. you didn't have to endure what me and Valerie endured, which was just, they never defeat Naraku? <laughs> wow. And Inuyasha Final ex Act exists only because it adapts the final 21 volumes of the manga. And there are 56. Amazing. Wow, they really went off on just saying, <laughs> story? I have no idea what that is. Wow, you know what? You know who probably took inspiration from that? <laughs> Bleach. <laughs> what? Oh, I made a Game of Thrones joke. In oh. 2020. <laughs> Go away, this is an anime podcast. Get your Western <laughs> media out of here. <laughs> oh, but anyway, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, um, thank you for sparing me that. I would have gotten frustrated. I would have been like, what is this? Honestly, where did Naraku go? <laughs> but uh, anyway. Yeah, see, you actually got an ending. So I, I thought you would enjoy Inuyasha more if it actually had a resolution. <laughs> Correct. You you assumed correctly. You were saved. <laughs> <laughs> you were saved. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> As a layperson, what were your thoughts on the plot? As a layperson, <laughs> as opposed to it, as opposed to a weeb of the cloth. Um, <laughs> the weeb well, bishop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, as a, as a, someone dipping my toes in, uh, I would say that the, wait, would you describe the plot, like summarize it or describe how I felt about it? How you felt about it? Anything. Okay. Okay. Uh, I would describe it as, um, you know, a, a fun filled fantasy romp through, uh, medieval Japan. Very fun. I enjoyed it. Um, I think I would have enjoyed it more if I were younger. Like, if I had seen this for the first time as, like, a preteen, I think I would have, um, lashed onto it a little bit more. But I, I think as a, as a 20-something looking at it going, Wow, these kids just don't know how to communicate. And sometimes that's infuriating. Oh my god! <laughs> like, I think I, I got taken out every so often because of that. But overall, I thought, like, all the fantasy elements were really well written. Uh, I was really engrossed in the actual, the, like, the main plot of let's find the Shikan Jewel, let's kill Naraku, like, all the, all the different vengeance aspects were really good. Um, the best character was Miroku. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a controversial well, opinion. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> He made me laugh, so he was the best. Actually, I changed my mind. Best character was Sashomaru because he was there to annoy Inuyasha. And Facts. he looked cooler. He looked cooler. <laughs> and honestly, by like the end of the first season, I, I had like had it up to here with Inuyasha. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to throw hands with a child demon boy. I don't care if you're like 50 years old. Oh, uh, he's actually like 66. And we're going to be technical. <laughs> He's exactly like 66 years old. 
the overgrown child must be punished. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but but no, I thought it was actually pretty well done. I I, I um I really like this one. This was a good one. Oh, and listeners, because you don't get to see, but I'm wearing a red scarf around myself <laughs> in honor of Inuyasha, because growing up, I wanted to be him. Like, mm. straight- And it worked. What? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No! You said that <laughs> earlier, too! I know you're serious. What does that even mean? I'm just being mean. No, I'm kidding. No, no, you are not. You are not a um, a hormonal teenage wolf boy. You are not that at all. He's a dog boy. He's not a wolf Whatever. boy. Whatever. It's it, it's in his name. It's in his name. I know. He knew it's Japanese for dog. Oh my god. Wolf dog. Are they really that different? They're the same thing. They're completely different. We went over this in the last episode. Ask me. Ask me if I remember biology. Ask me if I remember genuses versus families. I don't. <laughs> Einstein, your poodle, is basically a wolf. Like... <laughs> I don't know. How does Inuyasha drink water? If he sucks it in with his tongue, then he's a wolf. If he laps it up like a spoon, he's a dog. I hear that that's like the, the scientific way to tell. Where your dog falls on the spectrum of is it more dog or is it more wolf? What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, I I wanted to be Inuyasha. <laughs> and apparently it worked. <laughs> you really are a weave of the cloth. You got your <laughs> you got your robes on. Ordained weave bishop. <laughs> But you had said it before we started. What do you mean? Like, I need to know. I need facts. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just, I'm just making fun of you. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just making fun of you. I'm concerned. <laughs> I don't believe you. No. <sighs> no, I just, I was like, what can I say to, like, provoke her the most? <laughs> and it was that. <laughs> well, it was my childhood dream. Yay! Why did you want to be Inuyasha? Um, I thought I looked like him, which I think is fair. A human Inuyasha, yeah. I think that's totally fair, actually. Interesting. Interesting. I thought you would have been like, oh, Kagome or Kikyo, I look like them. I mean, as an adult, I think I grew up to be a Kikyo type. Mm-hmm. Like... I'm gonna send you a picture of human Inuyasha, because I I guess you're forgetting what he looks like, but... Uh, Refresh my memory. But, uh, I'm pretty sure I look just like him. Oh, you mean you had, like, the the fringe bangs? Is that what you mean? And the little, little strands of hair that go over the ears? I was a tomboy growing up, and I was really rowdy. And I had that kind of, like, anime protagonist causing trouble little shit style personality. So... I, like, really wanted to be Inuyasha, and I saw a lot of myself in his character. And then as I got older, I was like, no, 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 no. I'm- I went to being, like, a Sango type, to being a Kikyo. Okay, okay. Yeah, you did call that little girl ugly. So, oh. yeah, you- you were kind of like Inuyasha. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
is we're gonna put you on blast like that. <laughs> now let me start referencing a story. Um, where in first grade I called a girl ugly and she punched my front tooth out. I deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh my god. I would say that fits the bill. That is definitely like an Inuyasha move. <laughs> Incredible. My god. But uh, yeah, so like, what did you think of the gang? Uh, the gang grew on me. Inuyasha had to grow on me because for the first ten episodes I hated him. Uh, really? Yeah, he annoyed me. I was very much a uh, team telling him uh, to, to sit down all the time, which was my favorite gag, I think, of the whole show, telling the dog boy to sit, which was great. <laughs> uh, Shippo had to grow on me because at first he was annoying. I kept thinking, why is the fox demon turning into a pink bubble? Never really got that part explained to me. I guess it was just cute. That's fair. I like Kagame. Kagame was cool. I think she was like the every woman. I, I appreciated her uh, not instantly becoming enamored with him. I appreciated her growth as a character because I thought she definitely became more three-dimensional as the story went on. Uh, Sango was great. Sango was cool. Had the edgy backstory, so she was a tragic one. And Moroku was very funny, who also had that touch of tragic backstory who hit it up with humor. So I appreciated that. That was great. That was cool. Oh, that's why you like him. You related to Moroku. <laughs> also, he was just like, he was just like kind of a, he was also kind of a fuckboy and he amused me. Uh, like, I, I know I've been told that there is a, a, a quote unquote pervert character in a lot of animes. And I know that it's a controversial kind of a thing and I know it's a hit or miss. And he was definitely the pervert, in my opinion, in, of the group. But he wasn't a disgusting level pervert. He was more like a little bit of a lascivious character who still had a heart of gold. So I appreciated Maroko, he was funny. Hmm. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, also do you think that as a teenager with a hole in his hand... Get in the hoover back! Getting that Dyson suck! <laughs> oh my god imagine if he tried that with the fucking bees <laughs> Leah <laughs> no it'd be over I'm at a loss for words <laughs> goodbye goodbye <laughs> I'm at a loss for words <laughs> Yeah, I've been I've been waiting to make that joke all day. <laughs> and, and I'm over here like, uh, Morocco's character actually has basis in historical accuracy because the lecturous monk trope of the Sengoku period was a thing. That's interesting. I did not know that there was a lecturous monk trope. A specific, that's very, very specific. <laughs> but still. Instead, you guys are being gremlins. We're entitled. Valerie agrees with me. <laughs> start coughing down to the dark. <laughs> that almost took me out. <laughs> <laughs> We've ruined it. We've derailed the show. So go ahead and leave. I was not expecting that. 
I like how it's supposed to be this serious thing, like this generational curse. She's just making it about <laughs> that suck though. <laughs> I know, it's a good thing that torments him. <laughs> and like, he hates it. The thing that ruins his life, literally, and it's just... Oh my god. <laughs> Alone on a Friday night? Well... <laughs> Convenient disposal method, I guess. <laughs> it is just like in his vortex hand forever. <laughs> oh my god. I, I can't think about it too much. <laughs> none, none of you are free from sin. Jail, jail, jail. All, all the demons he sucked into his hand go, Oh, what is this? <laughs> jail, 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 jail. <laughs> See, I only had wholesome things to say about Moroku because, like, I met his voice actor when I was like, a child at one of my first anime conventions, and I have his autograph, and like, oh, wow. I was just gonna say all these cute things, and you're just like, that stuff though. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on then, I have a question, I have a, like a serious question for both of you, because I had this problem. Did you guys watch it in Japanese, or did you watch it in English? I watched both. Both. Okay. I, I had to, I, I ended up just watching it in the Japanese, I didn't bother. Um, did you meet his Amer his um, like the English voice actor or the Japanese voice actor? I met Kirby Morrow, who's the English voice actor. Very cool. Very cool. He also voice acted in like essentially every Rumiko Takahashi show, so he was also in Rumble One Half. Nice. Mhm. Mm yeah, he was a really nice guy. He's Canadian. Ah, very cool. Yeah, very cool, Kanye. Oh, and I I also met uh the voice actress for Sango and Kagome. Nice. Yeah, it was like an Inuyasha panel. Very cool. Um, so it was very big deal for the little weeb me. That was a convention that I bought my Sashomaru plushie. Even though I was not a Sashomaru fangirl at the time, but now I am. King? Was it the chibi plushes? Yeah. I like those plushes. I still have my Kagome one. Aww! Yeah. I regret getting rid of the Sashomaru one. Oh no. It'd be that way though. Oh, well. There will be new Sashomaru merch now because of Yashahime. That's true. That's true. Probably a lot of enamel pins, I would imagine. Um, but I want to go on record and say I hate Kagome. I think she's a terrible character. I fucking Ooh. hate her. I think she's awful. Wow, that's a hot take. I don't think that is. I think that's a very popular opinion. <laughs> oh, so I have the hot take where I said I liked her. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have nothing nice to say about her. I feel like there are better written female characters on that show. Interesting. Go on. As I was re-watching, I realized she was really sassy in the beginning. Yes. Where does that fire go? Because I feel like she goes from being this, like, sassy bitch who doesn't believe in any of the spiritual aspects of the show to just like, I'm cool with all of this very quickly and just kind of becomes a whiner instead of sassy, if that makes sense. In terms of like the accepting thing, doesn't that go back to what we talked about in the first episode where people just had to like learn to live with all the, all the demon shit that was going on? She just had to adapt really quickly. She's like, oh, this might as well happen. <laughs> started going about her life and of course a 15 year old would complain she's like man i got school and i got all she this stuff. About school she doesn't care 
She's she literally gonna leave- go take a test. She keeps leaving to like, oh, got my final. If she cared about school, she wouldn't have stayed in feudal Japan. She doesn't give a fuck about school. I know she doesn't actually care, but like she cares in the the sense that she's like, wow, my life just involves this and this now. Which I think is funny. I thought that was funny. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, go on, go on. That's it. I just got nothing nice to say about Kagome. I got feelings about her. So that's it. Valerie, what do you think of Kagome? Um, I think that she's not to be like, oh, uh, pinkies up. But um, I feel like her character development translates a little bit better um, in the manga. Um, I mean, she's okay. still like very much the same in, in certain aspects um, where, yes, she, she does adapt to the world around her very quickly. Being in feudal Japan, just being like, oh yeah, this is okay in the manga. Um, but in terms of being a viable character, developing both as a strong lead and for the role she serves pretty well i would say better i think she's just more well versed in the manga just and i and i say this just like with the frame of reference that i have just having reread it maybe about like three years ago whereas like i feel like they spent a lot more time just i don't know delving into frivolities in the anime that's fair but again she's supposed to be like a 14 year old 15 year old girl in the anime so i I try to bear that in mind but at the same time like she's not the best character (laughs) um (laughs) but um i don't know she's she's easy to dislike but at at the same token i could also say the same thing about kikyo which um is a character i actually do like um but a lot of people don't yeah, I I agree that Kagome is better fleshed out in the manga and has more character development in it. And you see her character development as well in Final Act because she does get past a lot of her insecurities, especially with Kikyo, by like going to retrieve her bow and all of those interactions. So she does mature by the end of the series. I just feel like it's incredibly slow, especially in the anime, and it makes her really frustrating and you're right i mean she is 14 and 15 so i have to bear that in mind and i love like inuyasha being a little shit and a fuck boy but i don't like that about kagome <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think well, that's misad no i think we're all allowed to have our biases um she there's moments where she does get annoying especially when the story does focus primarily on them um both inuyasha and kagome um, and especially in contrast when Sango is at a similar age and she doesn't seem to act that way. But then again, Sango has all the trauma. Very different standards. Very different standards. <laughs> Sango is wrought with trauma. And like, I, I got the feeling that Kagome is like trying to pull her out of her trauma to be like, let's be a little bit more normal. We got to cope. We got to we gotta move on. Like, we have to like heal. We have to move on. <laughs> In a healthy way. I just want to take a bath. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, okay. If I was trapped in feudal Japan with all the the dirt and the grime and having to fight demons all the time, I'm probably covered in demon blood three quarters of the day. I too would want a bath in a nice, uh, what is it called? What what are they? Oh god, I forgot the name. An onsen? 
No, I was talking about like rivers and stuff. <laughs> like a hot spring? Ooh, yeah, like that's exactly. the same thing. Like a hot spring, exactly. <laughs> I was like, I too would want a hot spring bath because it's gross. But anyway, it's the simple things in life. That's my point. <laughs> I can totally vibe with the fact that she brings back modern comforts to feudal Japan every time she goes back and forth. Like the shampoo and conditioner. Yeah, bitch. Like, I get it. I feel her. But, you know, she could be a little bit more mature, like Sango. And I know she's wrought with trauma and she grew up literally in the Middle Ages. So, like, being 15, 16 makes you a fucking adult back then. And literally killing demons. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Kagome gets a pass in the sense that she's the product of her time and her generation. Mm -hmm. And so is Sango. And, like, yeah, Sango's a bad-ass bitch. Like, of course she is. Because she was raised in the Middle Ages to kill demons. Yeah. <laughs> she did not have a childhood. She was always cool. <laughs> Kagome has to grow up real fast and doesn't do it very well for a long time. <laughs> I love Sango. I love how she's so feminine, but she doesn't let that get in the way of her being a fucking badass. Mm hmm And that she's so, like, independent and her suit. Ah, oh, I love her demon hunter outfit. It's a very fun outfit. It's very cool. I don't know how effective it is, because the armor doesn't cover... It only covers key areas, which I guess is the important part, like, you know, flexibility and all, but like... I don't know. I feel like it wouldn't feel as safe. Yeah. At least the mask is helpful against the magma. I mean, it's styled like ninja garb. Yeah. So there's, there's a basis to... in historical accuracy for it. However, ninja would probably wear regular clothing over that suit that's so, fair to hide the fact that they're ninjas yeah so it that whole suit you have to think of it as more like instead of it being like skin tight cloth it's really like all chainmail. Mm, okay that makes yeah sense. that's all like meant to be a thin layer of chain mail and she's probably wearing like more chainmail underneath and that's why she also has the pads in certain areas because that's just added protection yeah that makes sense she's a bad bitch she, she kills demons i mean also she's got the coolest pet ever yeah kilala i love oh wait it's that's how we say it mm -hmm. i see i've been saying it wrong but you watched it in english no i watched it in japanese oh. but i was also reading it and i was going kirara like with the r Let's talk about Kikyo because she's my favorite character and I think she's the best written Rumiko Takahashi character and I will fight. I will die on this hill. Okay. Alright. Let's talk about how she is a literal husk of her former self. Yes. In every sense of the word. Because she is literally a clay body with no soul. And everybody's like, Kikyo, why do you act so different? I don't fucking know. Maybe I was dead. I don't have a soul. And I am a husk of my former self. The metaphor can't get any more literal. Yeah. Well, not only that, but she was resurrected with literally all that resentment. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Bitch got every right to be mad. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. You know, she got manipulated into her death. She doesn't get any form of justice. Like, 
true Shakespearean tragedy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Everyone fucking hates her and thinks she's a bitch because, oh yeah, she has to kill some people and take their souls just so she could stay alive. But like, whatever. Whatever. She didn't ask to be brought back to life. She was perfectly fine being dead. Hmm. That's true. I do- I did make me wonder, though, about the concept of reincarnation and about how- Cause I guess my- my preconceived notions about reincarnation, um, made Kikyo's initial appearance kind of hard to digest, cause I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> how can they exist simultaneously as two separate entities? When I thought the point was that Kagome is Kikyo. What? Like, I, I struggled with that for a bit. I was like, hmm, maybe there's something about reincarnation that I don't get, because I thought you just became another person. But, obviously, the piece that was Kikyo survived. I mean, her physical form is alive, and she has vague memories, but she doesn't even remember her entire past. Like, Kagome has her soul. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but there are pieces of what was Kikyo in that husk. There are pieces of her in there. And I yeah. didn't think that that was a thing that could happen. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting, because I was like, huh. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, like, I don't know if you got um, into the Onigumo stuff. Did she? Leah? I thought the beginnings of that are in season two. So you know, like, how how Onigumo becomes Naraku, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, so, okay. Alright, continue, Valerie. Okay, what I was gonna mention was, um, like, how it's relevant the, to kind of mention how um, Kikyo remembers certain things about her past and how she kind of mocks Naraku about, oh, I'm, you, you know, a, a half-demon, like, you can't touch me because Onigumo uh, the bandit loved me, uh, therefore you can't touch me. Um, and yeah, he just yoinked his own heart out to kind of, <laughs> but even then couldn't really do much as, as much of anything to her. Um, but just, you know, case in point, you know, she, there's, there's parts that she does remember, um, of her own, you know, lifetime when she was alive. Um, but I mean, here she is, wreaking zapping souls of young maidens to kind of sustain that husk. <laughs> I mean, it kind of goes to, like, the animistic nature of Shintoism, though, because if everything has a spirit, even the earth from- even her remains would have remnants of her spirit in it, if you think about it in yeah. those terms. So it would make sense mm -hmm. that while Kagome has her soul, even the earth in which she was buried and was able to be brought back to life with would remember portions of her past and would carry those feelings. And I think that's part of why she becomes partially so resentful because that was like the last feelings that she had in life as well. Besides the fact that the, the witch yeah. brought her back to be, you know, a resentful bitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it made sense. Like, her motivations all made sense. Uh, I was annoyed with her three quarters of the time, but like, they made sense. Like... Why were you annoyed? Because I was like, stop it! Stop it, you're being manipulated! Stop it, get it through your head! Trying to <gasps> drag Inuyasha into hell. Yeah, it frustrated me. I was like, you're so- Oh, I was so mad. Um, but yeah, 
I have sympathy for her. Everything she did made sense. I was just like, I'm going to have an aneurysm if you if you mess this up for them one more time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the episode in season two where they kiss. Oh! <laughs> I was upset. That, as a child, fucked yeah. me up. That oh, wow. fucked me up as a kid. I was like, <gasps> I ran, I remember running to my mom and being like, Mom, Inuyasha and Kikyo embraced and Kagome's gonna get jealous. And my yeah. mom's like, how do you know what embrace is? And that's because that's the exact word they use in like the show. <laughs> they embraced. How do you know what that is? I just saw it. They just said we did it. <laughs> I love that. Huh. But yeah, that also made me go, you know what, Inuyasha, you've made your bed, now lie in it. <laughs> he does it all the time! He's yeah. always like, oh, Kagome, I just, I, I can't, I don't have feelings for you, I have feelings for Kikyo. <laughs> I know, he just kept going back and forth. Oh, And he God, comes here, was... like, multiple times in the series, too, like, we get one Kagome Inuyasha kiss, one. Yep, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was frustrated. I was like, are you kidding me with this? He has more chemistry with Kikyo, okay? <laughs> he does. No, no, no. He doesn't have chemistry. He has history with Kikyo. Uh, that, I think there's a key difference. Yeah. He has all, like, the pre the stuff that, I mean, aside from the episode where they show you, like, what happened between them for real, um, you see most of the chemistry develop between him and Kagome, because, like, you go through, I don't know how many episodes, but, like, you go, you go through so many episodes where you see how he and Kagome have to build up their relationship. You just have this pre-established fact that Kikyo was like his, the love of his life. Mm-hmm. With that knowledge, and then now that you see them together, it's like, oh, of course, there's all that tension there. He is that history, like, mm, mwah, mwah. like, oh, ki- oh, Kikyo, mwah. oh, Inuyasha, mwah. oh, Kikyo, like, and yeah, it all makes sense. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I think there's like a difference in how the romances are treated there. But yeah, Inuyasha's dumb. <laughs> yeah, I think it's supposed to like symbolize like a loss of love that you never got the chance to mourn because of unfortunate circumstances. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's my, that's how I felt about it. That's very fair. They very much have like a twin flame connection, whereas Inuyasha and Kagome have more of like a soulmate connection. Why are you, you made a face? <laughs> no, um, I, I agree with you. I think that's I think that's a very fair, um, a very fair assessment. Yeah, like Inuyasha and Kikyo were meant to meet. Their paths were meant to cross. They'll always be like deeply important to each other, but yeah. they were never meant to be together. And even kind of like that, you know, Kikyo's ending symbolizes that as well. I cried so much though because I was like, damn oh, yeah. bitch, damn <laughs> bitch, you got what you wanted. But I will cost. <laughs> For real, man. <laughs> and I'm surprised, like, Inuyasha turned around from that and was like, okay, time for Kagome. Oh, are you surprised? Are you surprised that the fuckboy was, like, fine with it and could move on very quickly because he had two hoes. Two hoes that were ready to take him at the same time. Two! Despite knowing everything about him, despite knowing his behavior. <laughs> are we surprised? <laughs> Now, anyway, go on. <laughs> I'm gonna get- listen, listen, Inuyasha's, I think, deep down a good guy. Inuyasha's a good dude, but at his heart, he's a 16-year-old boy and a dog. <laughs> Rumiko Takahashi was not subtle. <laughs> <laughs> 
I feel like she's not, and people are like, wow, this is amazing deep symbolism. And like, it is, but also, she goes out of her way to be like, hey, this is a metaphor. She's hated you all day. Bonk. <laughs> she's like, this is English 101. Boom, this is a metaphor. <laughs> so, I guess since we already brought up Onigumo, I do want to go on record and say Rumiko Takahashi's first and likely only irredeemable villain is Naraku because she does not she does not justify anything Naraku does and he is completely evil and honestly after rewatching the series he reminds me a lot of Dio from Jojo's Bizarre Adventure because of like the level of manipulation and assholery he he engages in throughout the fucking series but Naraku does not have that same level of notoriety and this is very interesting to see the diff- the disconnect there. Why is this? Naraku's a fucking incel. <laughs> a fucking incel. <laughs> You're not wrong. Ooh. Yeah, that's fair. The Dio assessment was one I hadn't thought of before. Shout out to episodes two and three. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but like, isn't Dio also an incel? We said that in the JoJo's episode. Yeah, but Dio fucks. He's not See? an incel by definition. Technically, he fucks me, but he's got tiny PP energy. <laughs> Does he? I mean, what little he's, I know of He's Dio. got Jonathan Schlong, but he's got <laughs> I mean, little dick why, energy. That's why he fucks. He's got Jonathan's body. <laughs> Jonathan's body. <laughs> <laughs> Those buns. Shout out. Shout out to Dio (laughs) clapping his way around Egypt. (laughs) That freaking that freaking Dio fan art. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) So I guess yeah, I guess Naraku really is like king incel because he does rip out his heart. (laughs) He does, and he's got micro penis energy. He's like this feeling. This weakness. I <laughs> must like... remove it. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, and yet, he still lusts after her all the time, even without his stupid heart. He's still like because he removed the wrong organ. <laughs> it what he doesn't have romantic feelings for Kikyo. <laughs> Removing no. his heart does nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Oh. And, I mean, in theory, Naraku metaphorically fucks still because he has a bunch of children that are all parts of him, like fucking horcruxes. Yeah, but that's not that's not fucking. That's reproducing by budding. That's, that's cell division. <laughs> that's, that's not fucking. <laughs> cell division. <laughs> so that infant is just cell division. Yes. Ooh, fuck that baby. <laughs> fuck that baby. I fucking hate that baby. Fuck that the baby's baby. a snitch. Kana is okay. I like Kana. I like her design a lot. There's a lot of uh, mythology Me too. in her character. Which I don't feel like getting into. <laughs> but, but Katarina, for your frame of reference, Kana is like a yokai specifically like a specific type of yokai and the the mirror she holds is part of that whole thing i don't even, i don't want to get got it. it got it this I is not an educational episode yeah that's fine that's fine uh didn't like her didn't like her 
but uh, yeah. You didn't like Kana? No. She was the bad guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. I guess. <laughs> Kagura was the best incarnation. Absolutely. Kagura was the best cell division that Naraku participated in. <laughs> she was definitely the most interesting. Were you were you shipping Kagura and Sashomaru by the end? No. Were you What? No. Disappointing. <laughs> Kag Kagura never gets the respect she deserves. Oh wow. <laughs> She's a great character. I like how she goes from being like a villain to being kind of like an anti-hero. Yes. And I like expected that about her. She doesn't deserve her fate, and it's sad that Sashomaru is the only one that's there when she fucking dies. Yeah, that was- that was- Yeah. Uh, it was sad. It was actually sad. Yeah, and like, she rebels against her family, even though she technically is Naraku. Yeah. I liked the metaphor as she died, where like, she gets to be free because she is the wind, and I thought that that was actually a really nice- That um, was a nice touch. Way for her to go. Yeah. I thought that was good. She's so great, and she's so fine, too, with, like, her makeup and her hair. Like, she's got such bad bitch, baddie energy. Ugh. And then they did Koga dirty. Yup. I, I don't like freaking Ayame. I, I don't know yeah. why, why the anime... Why? Like, why they gave him, like, a, just, like, a... Like, a compensation wife. Like, oh, okay, yeah. you didn't... You didn't end up with the main protagonist? Alright, like, here's, like, this, like, OC that we made. <laughs> this is OC that we made in, um, like, a, a build-your-own, um, character designer, um, 15 minutes ago. Um, here you go. I'll send you a picture of her, Katarina. Welcome to Build-A-Wife. How can I help you? <laughs> you ever played, like, those, like, um... Those dollhouse games, like those like dress-up games. Yeah. It's like what I think yeah. of every time I see her. She looks so out of place. <laughs> You're right, actually, now that I'm looking at her. She's not fucking canon. <laughs> you can't can't tell me she's canon. <laughs> she's nah, not canon. I pretend I do not see it. <laughs> yeah, his compensation GF, his sympathy GF. Like Cause, okay, so growing up, Koga was like my favorite character. He was my first anime husbando. Like, really? Yeah. Why is that yeah. surprising? Uh, I don't know. It just is. W what were you expecting me to say? Honestly, Inuyasha. No, I, w I was him. Yeah, I thought there was like this, this like, I love him and I want to love him. You never had that? <laughs> No, I was okay. Yasha. <laughs> okay. Alright, so your first has 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 hmm. Has Bando was, was Koga. <laughs> Can't say it. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> say it louder for the class. <laughs> anyway, so it was Koga. Yeah, I loved his his little his little speedy legs. Gotta go fast. <laughs> I liked his little bad boy energy. I liked how he was so forward with Kagome, which now looking back, I'm like, that's problematic. But 
Let the teens be forward. Live and learn. Let the let the literal wolf boy be. <laughs> I liked that he was a wolf. I thought that was cool. Um, I I used to like roll like RP with my friends, and then like I had an Inuyasha OC that was like a wolf demon girl, and uh, that was before Ayame was created. Then when they made Ayame, I was like, no more. He has a wife. <laughs> That's fair. That's he fair. has ruined the it. illusion. <laughs> Exactly. I was like, he has a wife, no more. And that was the the beginning and the end of the Koga saga. And now when I see him and I like was reading the manga, Koga transitioned from a husbando to like my son. Like I feel like Inuyasha and Koga are like my children. I just need to take care of them. <laughs> That's listen, listen, as you grow, as you age, as you change, hopefully <laughs> that would happen. I mean for some people it doesn't. Do you know the amount of millennial adult weeaboo women that are still in love with Sasuke? And like, I know he has an adult form, that's different. I'm talking about before we knew sexy daddy Sasuke. Who's Sasuke? Who is Sasuke? From Naruto? Who is that? <laughs> who, who is that? <laughs> you fucking troll. <laughs> you fucking troll! <laughs> oh, Sasuke! <laughs> That's you. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's weird. Uh, didn't know that. Um, I guess I guess one year of I guess formative crushes that happens. I guess. Um, He's twelve years old. Oh, no. He goes from twelve <laughs> to sixteen. Okay. Oh. Oh no. All right, and then well, that and we only just recently got sexy dad Sasuke. We only recently got that. It's time to stop. <laughs> FBI, open up! So, when I say I transitioned from having these characters as a husbando to being my son, trust me, it's less likely than you think for some people. <laughs> but now that I'm an adult, I want to climb Sashomaru like a fucking tree. Seconded. But I've kept that energy. <laughs> Day one, baby. <laughs> Zoe Mama Humana Humana I'm about to act up <laughs> Where's the hold on I'm about to go to horny jail <laughs> Where's my horny jail meme? <laughs> You can't. Yeah, She's uh, not within bonking distance. Exactly. Oh. I'm on the other side of the state, baby. Oh my god. <laughs> She's safe for now. Oh my god. I love him and his weird fluffy parasite. His mom's hot too. Ah! Their dad's hot wrong? too. No. Hot family. It's a whole hot family, okay? Yeah, like, the dad's hot, the mom's hot. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> the dad's hot, the mom's hot. Honestly, <laughs> the only one that's not, like, super hot is Inuyasha, honestly. Yeah, he's mid. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Call me crazy. I didn't think any of them were super hot. But that might just be my personal preference. Um, um I do think that being attracted to Sashomaru is part of the bisexual experience. You want to something. 
I can't speak to that. I'm not bisexual. <laughs> Man, I hope I hope bisexuals are having a pleasant day. That's all I can say. They are. Good Thank evening, you. ladies. <laughs> Good evening, ladies. <laughs> hope you're having a pleasant night. <laughs> I think all the pointy-eared characters in Inuyasha are attractive. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> Wait, that's like every demon. <laughs> Inuyasha's dad, uh, freaking Sashojimu's mom, and Sashomaru. Yeah, Sish yeah, yeah, I can't talk. I cannot talk. Sashomaru. And, and Koga. <laughs> yeah, and every single minor demon character with pointy ears. I have probably looked with eyeball emojis. <laughs> what are you doing, Katarina? This is for the- we're gonna promo me being normal in the chat while people- <laughs> While everyone else talks about wanting to climb the, the demons in, like a tree. <laughs> Trying to fuck demons. <laughs> oh, oh my god, I just realized that that as a concept really changed my life, Inuyasha. No. Monster fucking. <laughs> Intro to wow. monster fucking. <laughs> oh my god. Formative teeth experience. Realize, realize, realize. Oh my god. That's why I'm the way I am today. I am the way I am today because of Inuyasha. Thank you for, for the developing fetish material. Wow. <laughs> it, did, it did everything. It made me bisexual. It made me develop a demon fetish. Intro to monster fucking on a one. Okay. <laughs> Let's dial this back. So, anime, huh? I mean, we could talk about the story, I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, we watched it for the plot. The plot. <laughs> I promise you, I did. <laughs> yeah, because you had to fast track through everything. Was there anything in Final Act that you were confused by? Uh, well, from from the season two jump, the season two jump to Final Act is a little abrupt. It's almost like I kind of missed something because there were a couple more uh, uh, cell divided children than there had been by the end of season two. So I was like, who are who are you people? Uh, that ugly baby, for instance, did not appear in seasons one and two, and I was like, Ugh! Ugh! what is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I caught on pretty quickly. I was like, alright, whatever I don't know, I can just look up on Wikipedia, I can catch up that way, it's fine. And it was pretty- I mean, it, it helps that they keep every time something major happens. So like, oh yeah, last year, this- we, we met them for the first time, and this, this, and this happened, and we fought, and then since then, we keep running into them. <laughs> so it helps that they- they, they renewed, um, my- they refreshed my memory every time something happened, and sometimes it got annoying. Other times I was like, thank you for this, because I had no idea what's <laughs> Oh yeah, no. It was, I, was, I was pretty... It was fine. Okay, because I was a little bit concerned, but I just didn't want to address it at all. I was like, hmm... She'll figure oh, it out, I think. She'll figure it out. I did! Lucky for you, I did. And so... Let's talk about kind of how characters change and the ending of the anime since final act is meant to like put a nice little bow on everything 
So we talked about Kikyo's, you know, sad ending that made me cry. We talked about Kagura. So what about some other character story beats? Was there anything that you particularly liked that stood out that you were really happy finally happened? Hmm. Besides Naraku finally dying, because that was nice. That's all I cared about, really. I was like, I don't care if Kagame goes home forever or goes back to feudal Japan forever. I just want Naraku dead, honestly. By the end of it, I was like, this is all I want. This is all <laughs> I care about. <laughs> Excuse me. So, you really just hated. So, you really hated Naraku. Like, that point really got hammered home. You hated his insult ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, by the end. I mean, he was like, he was such an interesting villain because I really was intrigued by his elaborate schemes. But like, what he did to Sango through her brother, like the, the manipulations, the, 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 the constant creation of little children things from him, uh, how he manipulated everybody. It was, it got to a point where I'm like, all right, uh, it, the, the joke is over die now please 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 <laughs> and then finally he was defeated and i appreciated it so you weren't you you weren't like oh the shikon jewel is the real villain <laughs> at any point in time <laughs> nah i was not damn <laughs> damn <laughs> <laughs> where is that a thing for people? Is that a thing where like, oh, the, the jewel was the problem all along? Is that a yes. thing? Yes. Oh. <laughs> it's like the ring. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just like that. <laughs> and I don't remember, uh, Valerie, you might know. I don't remember if it's in Final Act or if it's one of the movies where they discuss the history of the ring. I know the, the fucking ring. The Shikon Jewel. <laughs> I discussed um, the history of the Shikon Jewel, and you, and then we like realized the Shikon Jewel was created by like a demon, and it's all this. It was created by like a, a priestess, and then there was yeah, a demon. That's, that's that's in a season. That's in one of the seasons. Yeah, it's in one of the seasons. Because they go to her tomb. They do. Where, like it's it's the priestess and the demon, and they're like in the frozen position of fighting. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, the suggestion so, okay. that perhaps Inuyasha was a reincarnation of her, even because Kira was like, I don't know, reminiscing. Mm -hmm. I was like, we gonna touch on this? We gonna come back to this? No, we're not. Maybe they did it in the movie. I don't know. I'm so glad you picked up on that. <laughs> I'm glad you picked up on that, but you didn't pick up on the fact that the jewel is evil. See, that's why you had to remind me if that was in final act because I was just like. She didn't get the fact that the duel is evil? That's why Kagome has to wish for it to not exist anymore? Nah. Head empty. No thoughts here. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say. Anyway. <laughs> I just saw it as like, okay, she's taking the temptation out of the equation, because as long as it exists... It can be corrupted, and the, it will it will never be over. So that's what I saw it as. Is like, oh, she's just removing it from the equation of life and taking it out. Because so, like, even if she purifies it permanently and whatever, it'll always have the chance of falling into somebody like Naraku's hands, and it's just it's just never going to end. 
So I didn't see it as, as evil. I just saw it as like a, a thing that she decided. Humanity and yokai alike cannot have this. So I am removing it for the greater good. Goodbye. Too bad it's like implied <laughs> that the Shikon jewel will like appear every 500 years. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway, that is uh, that is what I got from that. So fuck Japan, I guess. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's just gonna keep happening. Y'all gotta get a handle on the Shikon jewel nonsense. They're not gonna. Gonna get Centipede Demon Part 2. Hell but, yeah. Well, doesn't she, doesn't she appear in the trailer for Yashahime? <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she does. I'm excited <laughs> to see her. <laughs> I know. So Valerie and I haven't watched Yashahime yet, and we're gonna watch okay. it this weekend. Nice. And uh, I'm very excited to see their children. Okay. I know nothing about the show other than the fact that like Inuyasha and Kagome's daughter doesn't know them. Oh, that's sad. I think it's <laughs> fucked up. I said it's sad. That's why I said it was sad. <laughs> I, I think it's more than sad. I think it's incredibly fucked up. Especially because, like, I can't imagine Inuyasha and Kagome as bad parents. I can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine them as bad parents. I would have always thought they would be, like, good eggs. Yeah. I'll give I'll give that Kagame was very motherly. Like she was taking care of, of Shippo all the time. Mm-hmm. And she was the only reason why he got to stay because she cared about him. Uh, the show would be no different if Shippo was gone. I agree, but still, <laughs> still, she was a very motherly person. She cared about people. Fuck Shippo. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, this is a Shippo slander chat. <laughs> I don't, I don't have any. I don't have any negative feelings about him. He could be annoying. You have like you have some strong feelings about Chippo. I I just I don't dislike him. Exactly, I just feel yeah. bad for him because his dad's dead and he's a little That's, boy. Exactly. <laughs> his parents are dead and Inuyasha. But he's no, a little boy. Kagome's mom. Kagome's mom's boy. alive. Kagome literally abandons her mom. <laughs> yeah, and actually, that makes me sad. I, she just goes, really bye, sad. gonna get some dick, bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye forever, <laughs> mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because the well stops working until the mm-hmm. events of Yashahime, so <laughs> pretty mm-hmm. much. <laughs> <laughs> he said, bye, mom, bye, grandpa, bye, brother, bye, cat. <laughs> I'm gonna stay oh, in- my. Feudal Japan. Real, real talk though. I felt so bad for her little brother the entire time. I was like, "This little boy loves you. He looks up to you. You treat him nice. You treat him nice. <laughs> <laughs> you protect him." Imagine having to come up with all those cover stories, though. <laughs> Fucking, exactly. she's got tuberculosis. <laughs> <laughs> she's got diabetes and a stroke in the same day. <laughs> she's cured now. Her grandpa was a trip. I loved him. I like him too. I think he's a fun character. I like how they basically made him a con man in a world where, like, all of these things actually exist. And he could have easily been a real priest. Exactly. <laughs> they were like, nah, her dad, her grandpa, 
he's a con man. <laughs> he sells fake talismans, fake Shikon jewels. Also, I think it's nice that, like, they she grows up in a Shinto shrine. That's cool. That's really I, cool. I think it's really neat, because it's kind of like a way to prime her into eventually becoming a Shinto priestess, which is what she- I'm assuming she does as a career. If, <laughs> if, she, does, if she doesn't, it's a waste. Exactly, because she is the reincarnation of, like, the most fucking powerful one. Um, but just- I like her grandpa, he's a cool guy. <laughs> and his little- his little mummified kappa hand in the first episode. <laughs> It's just like, here you go. Honestly, it reminds me of a gift that Katarina would give to me for like a holiday. <laughs> I feel like- As a treat. <laughs> here's, here's an authentic mummified Kappa hand, Leah. Yep. A monkey's paw. For good luck. <laughs> I, fi I find for you a little Fiji mermaid. I go here. <laughs> I like the smooch at the end, but honestly, I didn't think it was really necessary because, to be honest, and I'm gonna be a sap here, um, I thought the fact that Inuyasha said inside of the jewel, like something along the lines of Kagome was like met to meet me, and like I was also met to meet her, or like I for the sake of her or something like along those lines. That was like the biggest declaration of love like somebody can say. Um, yeah. And I think that's really sweet. Um so like for all like the things there are to dislike about either character, um I think like to to kind of go back to what we were saying prior, that's definitely a big differentiator between the relationship that he had with Kikyo. Um, mm -hmm. Like, like Kagome's his true love. Like, she's very much like been there to see him through like development for himself. Not, not necessarily to say like, oh, she made him a better person, but like, she's she's been a supportive role for him. And I think that's that's pretty great. <laughs> I agree. I think that that whole ending declaration of love was extremely romantic. And I feel like for a teenage boy, that was just like above and beyond anything you could expect. And it really goes to that soulmate connection that they obviously have. They obviously were meant for each other. And they do grow together as a couple and as people. And I think the smooch was just the cherry on top because people wanted it so fucking bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> people were just like, please let them kiss. For the love of God, let these teenagers kiss. <laughs> please. Please, just a crumb. <laughs> just a crumb. <laughs> just a crumb. <laughs> just a crumb of kissing. <laughs> And yeah, any any other thoughts, comments, pearls of wisdom that either of you would like to add? If a magical well in your backyard starts to glow and a centipede demon comes out, get a flamethrower. Don't go in the well. Because guess what? You've got a pearl in your ribcage. 
and nothing good can come of that. <laughs> Every time I, I see that, like, that snippet of, like, just the freaking Shikon Jewel being yanked out of her body, I'm just like, yeah, that's so cool, but, like, fuck, that must have... Ouch! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all I could say. I was like, how's that 14-year-old girl not in agony right now? Like, girl, what? <laughs> are you like are your vaccinations up to date? <laughs> you get a cut, you die. It gets infected, you die. <laughs> there is no cure for the cold. <laughs> you have died. Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh so then, I'll ask both of you, I'll let you say it. Katarina, do you recommend Inuyasha? With the caveat that if you watch it, understand that if you're an adult, it is not meant for you. Like, if, if you've never seen anime before, know that it's like a young adult story. And if you're, if you're the kind of person who still likes to read young adult novels and stuff like that, then you'll probably be fine with it because sometimes sometimes the the fact that the characters are teenagers like it is a big part of the story it is a bit a big part of their dynamic and how they cope with things and sometimes it can get a little frustrating you can be like oh my god but that said it is a very well done story it's very well written um it, it, it's a very interesting thing my favorite part of the show honestly is how interesting all of the yokai are and how elaborate their designs are and how how sinister and cool it can it can be so yeah if you're into like if you're into fantasy and stuff like that then yeah i think you'll enjoy it uh again just go in knowing that you're gonna have to deal with uh, the the bullshit that comes with watching a group of 14 15 year olds trying to save the world because that's how it is <laughs> and then do you recommend people watch it the way that you did watching seasons one seasons two and final act I mean, that's all that's available right now on most streaming websites. Like on Netflix, uh, I watched it on Verve, because that's how I was able to watch some of the other things that we were doing for this, this show. Um, so that's really, those are, that's what's available. So I mean, if you've never seen it before, that's probably the only way you're gonna watch it. <laughs> so if, if you're worried about missing everything else, don't worry, you're fine. I don't really have a frame of reference in, in plogging through uh, seasons and seasons of filler. I'm going to assume I didn't miss anything. So yeah, if you wanna if you wanna just stick to the story, either read it or watch it the way I did. All right, and Valerie, do you recommend Inuyasha to long-term anime fans that haven't ever seen it? Yeah, honestly, like if you haven't seen Inu or read Inuyasha, I would definitely recommend it. Um, it's very much the type of serialization that's uh, villain of the week. So um, I think if you're a seasoned fan of that, those types of uh, series or shonen series, um, you kind of know what to expect. Um, generally speaking, uh, when it comes to those types of series, I prefer to just read them. Um, but if you know how to watch it, um, you there's a very tactful way to kind of go about it. I think the way um, Katarina went about it was pretty great. Um, because honestly, you're not particularly missing much, if I'm being quite frank. Um, I think Netflix has most of it, 
if I'm wrong, then I think they have, I think they have most of season one, I think, but then they have the films as well. Um, but aside from that, yeah, I mean, pretty much a coming of age story. Um, if you're not into watching kids and their silly antics, um, don't watch it. <laughs> I think um, it's separate. It's it's different from most shonen in the in the respect that yes, there's lots of um, action and fight. It's um, but um, the two protags have a very active romance, and that's what separates it from um, most series and within its category and. With it being a very active part of the plot, um, and especially, you know, a story of coming from that time period, um, at least the time period of its release. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I gotta say. All right, and I would recommend watching it if you're a seasoned anime fan and haven't gotten around to it, just because I think it's a fun romp, and the anime can be a good thing to play in the background when you don't want to have to focus on something too much uh, when it gets to the filler arcs. And I second Valerie's notion that the manga is superior to the anime. And if you really want to read a good book, 56 volumes of it, maybe you should just get through Inuyasha. Um, I don't think that it's a particularly uh, long series to get through in terms of reading. So if you just want to plow through it, it's a quick read, I think. Oh my god, we didn't talk about the songs! Oh, we didn't! Oh my god! So, Katarina, you had opinions about the music. Okay, so yes, I had opinions about the music. Bad ones. Bad ones, apparently. Yeah, because you don't think Fukai Mori is a fucking bop. It's fine. It's just fine. <laughs> The best song in the show is the original season opener. Because it's got all that cool... Like, that's cool. That's fun. That sets you in the mood. You're like, yes. Feudal Japan. Demons. I'm gonna fight them. Great. This sets an atmosphere. And then you, it's like... You mean the, like, music that plays during the show? No, 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 no. The original opener song. But yeah, it does play during the show. But that, that music does play throughout the show as well. <laughs> <laughs> I... This is a bad take. Oh. <laughs> this is a bad fucking take. I'm not sorry. Like, it's fine. I'll own my bad take. <laughs> All the ending songs are so good. You have My Will, you have Fukai Mori, you have Every Heart. You have the ones that play towards the end. What did I mean, you think of uh, <laughs> Want to Change the World? <laughs> I want to change the world. Shanta to tell you to me. I didn't think of it. <laughs> it's so loud. <laughs> yes. It's but it's fun. Good. Yeah. That's what I thought you meant by the opening song, too. It took me a second to realize you didn't mean change your world, which is just worse. <laughs> So growing up, I used to make bootleg CDs with weeaboo music on them, like anime opening and closing songs, and I had that one on it, and I played that CD in my friend's car, and my friend's mom, when it got to that song, she hated it so much she turned it off and said that music um, was whack. Oh my god. 
<laughs> my feelings would be so hurt. <laughs> it obviously hurt mine because I still remember to this day. And that is the early 2000s childhood weeaboo experience. And on that note, <laughs> we are done with our two-parter on Inuyasha. <laughs> Thank you. Are. Thank you for listening to us talk for two hours. <laughs> wow. No, more like one and a half. Two hours. I just love this show so much. And I'm glad I got to share it with you, Katarina. And I'm glad that I got to bring on my dear friend Valerie, who also loves the show as much as me. Because everybody should love Inuyasha. And I just want to spread that joy and that fun teenage romp. I'm also glad. I'm also glad you did. I feel like I know. I feel like I I know you better, which is interesting because like I get to see this piece of of uh, media that like you have loved since you were really young. So I think I got an interesting insight into you, and that was really cool. Um, and Valerie, thank you for being on the show. I feel like you and I got to team up against Leah on multiple takes. So. <laughs> what? <laughs> We got to derail the conversation completely, which is what I look for. So it was fun. Right. <laughs> Yay! All right, listeners. Do you think there was anything uh, we missed? I can't even be serious. Listeners, do you think there's anything we missed? Do you guys have hot takes about Naraku being an incel, or whether or not you want to climb Sashomaru like a tree? Let us know in the comments on WordPress or YouTube. Or anywhere that you listen to podcasts, such as Podbean, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, whatever Google's podcast app of the month is, who can keep track? <laughs> Social links and all of our other info are in the descriptions with episode. Follow us on Twitter.com at KombiniPopPod. This has been your host, Leah. And this has been Katarina. And our special guest, Valerie. Bye! It was such a pleasure being on. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show. It was great. It was a pleasure. God, this has been an absolute, absolute wild ride. Uh, shout out to the Twitter fan who contacted us asking where we've been. This episode was for you. I hope you enjoy this silly episode because it was not nearly as well written as the Satoshi Khan one, but way more fun. Anyways, <laughs> that's been Kombini Pop. Bye. 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 Production for the Kombini Pop Anime Podcast is completed by Leah Ives. This episode was written and scripted by Katarina Kapitanakis and Leah Ives. All logos and graphics were created by Leah Ives. Theme music was composed by Ovzazen for professional and personal use at Fiverr.com. Additional background music by Kodomoai, SoundCloud.com slash Music. Kombini Pop is a podcast under the Poison Places production umbrella. All other rights are reserved. If you enjoyed this podcast, please check us out at twitter.com slash or convenipoppod.wordpress.com. Hang in there.